Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together today to hear your word. We ask you, Lord, that it will encourage, enlighten us, and strengthen us to follow after you and take a great step of faith. For this, we give you the praise, glory, and honor, and all agreed said, amen. amen. So we're going to talk about take a big step of faith. And anytime you take a step of faith in the Lord, it's scary, isn't it? It's something that you haven't done before the Lord is asking you to do, whether it be at your job or take a house or, or a relationship, anything where he's asking you to take a step of faith, either it be for forgiveness or even tithing as we just did, anything that God says to do, you're nervous. You've never done it before. It's kind of like, I don't know if you remember when you were younger, eight, nine, or 10, and they told you to go off the high dive, the 10-foot high dive. Remember, has anybody ever done that? No, you still haven't taken that leap of faith, but... <laughs> I remember when I was eight or nine or 10, I don't know how old I was, I looked at it and I go, oh my God, this is way up here. And then, you know, people were behind you saying, go ahead, go ahead, come on, come on, we want to go. And you couldn't go back down, you look like a, a chicken, right? So you go, okay, and, and it seemed like it was forever before you hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, oh, you do, and you go, oh my God, that was not too bad, but boy, it was kind of scary. I wasn't really ready to get right back up and do it because every time you did it, it just seemed like it was still scary. So every time you take a step of faith in the Lord, it seems scary, but you get a little more accustomed to it and you get a little more uh, comfortable in doing it. And to the, you get to the point where you go like, okay, I know God's going to take care of me. He told me to do it, so I'm going to do it. And I'm going to believe him for the best. Now, faith is not a mental ascent, right? It's not, I believe God can do it. That's not faith. Because God can do anything. You know, I hear people in situations where they go, well, God will provide. He, he's able. Of course he's able. Or you're sick, and you, oh, well, God will heal them. <laughs> of course, God can do it. He could take us and put us on the moon if he wants to, right? But where is our faith to believe in him? Where is our, you know, deposit or where is our um, foundation to believe him? We have to have the word of God to be able to uh, believe in. What scripture are you standing on? I don't see any scripture where it says God will put you on the moon, right? <laughs> you have to have a promise from him, right? If, if I think, okay, uh, Jeannie, Gina and, and um, Rudy are coming to my house and I'm up, up, outside looking for them and they haven't told me they're coming and my wife says, well, what are you doing? I'm looking for Rudy and Gina. Well, did they tell you they were coming? No, but I just have a feeling. I just feel that they would want to come and do that for me. But now if they said, hey, Pastor Chuck, we'll be at your house at 2 o'clock on Saturday, well, I can expect them. So if you don't have a scripture of a promise from God, how can you put your faith into it? Because really, faith is just believing what God has promised. So we're going to talk about three things First uh, week, we're going to talk about believing in faith. Second week, we're going to talk about speaking in faith. And the third, we're going to talk about acting in faith. And you really have to have all three. And then the fourth week, we're going to have uh, President Jim come, come and tell us, what do you do when you're in troubled times? Same thing. <laughs> but he's going to give a testimony of how you do it. So let's look at the scripture right here. Because people want to know, what is faith? Faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is, it's a substance, right? 
It's something that you can feel. It's, it's a presence of God. It's his, it's his overriding uh, presence in your life. Faith is the... Sub now, it says, now faith is. When is faith? Now. Not in the future. Not like, I believe God's going to heal me someday. That's not faith. Faith is, I know that I have been healed by the stripes of Jesus, and I'm believing that he's going to manifest it to me, and I'm receiving it. Right? Whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive it, then you'll have it. Most people say, well, I'll believe it when I see it. No, that's not how it goes. You believe it, then you'll see it. Amen. Right? And that receiving is grabbing hold, put it into your life, uh, accepting it, um, uh, holding on to it. So faith is now. Substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen, you can't see it. You look at your bank account and there's no money in there. But you believe by faith that God's going to provide for you. You don't see it, but you believe it. So uh, we, we have this in, in our church. Well, let me ask you first. What comes first, hope or faith? I hear both, hope and faith. <laughs> Let's see here. Faith is a substance of things hope for. First we hope, then we put faith in it. Hope is like, oh, I, I think God can do it. You know, a lot of times we have people come up and give testimonies, how the Lord blessed them with a car or the Lord blessed them with a job. And then we say, oh, I can believe God for that. Then you put your faith to believing that God can do it for you. And this is what happened when I, a long time ago, 26 years ago, uh, I don't know if you guys know Joel Osteen's mother, Dodie Osteen, she was diagnosed with cancer. The doctors came and told her husband, you know, your, your wife only has two weeks to live. She's 89 pounds, and there's no hope for her. So just start making the funeral arrangements because it's over. And he said, well, you know, doctor, we believe in miracles. He goes, you're going to need a miracle. So when you hear her testify, and she gets up on TV, she just talks about, oh, yeah, you know, the Lord healed me. I'm so grateful the Lord healed me. He can heal you, too. But we don't know what she went through to get healed. She had 40 scriptures that she said all day, all night. She believed that God was going to do it because he promised it to her. She put pictures of herself when she was younger and full of strength and said, Lord, I thank you that you're going to renew my strength. You're going to make me new again. Even when she was 89 pounds, you know what she did the next day? Her husband took her home in his arms, 89 pounds. I was trying to figure out how, much, how tall she was to see how skinny she was. But at any height, 89 pounds is not that much weight, right? Guess what she did the next day? She got up and made breakfast. She said, if I'm healed, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do if I was healed. And she kept confessing. She had a list of 13 things that were wrong with her. Her liver, her back was hurting, things were coming out of her mouth. <laughs> and she listed them all. But she kept confessing and saying, Lord, I believe that you have healed me. By your stripes, I am healed. You are my redeemer. She kept saying these things until finally she started scratching off all the things that were now well with her. So it's an active, persistent pursuit of God. It's faith. Things hoped for, the evidence... You can't see it. We have, we have a girl, uh, she's not here today, she's not feeling well, Martha Luna. She, if you guys knew her, she got in an accident, car accident. Guy smashed her in the back and her car was like, like somebody 
punched it and just. <laughs> and so she comes to me. She says, Pastor, they, someone ran me and the insurance policy only is going to cover $1,200 and I can't get a car for $1,200. Agree with me in prayer. I'm like, huh? <laughs> what do you think I am, a miracle worker? <laughs> I know who is, right? Thank you, Joanne. You want to come on? <laughs> so we prayed. And sure enough, she took the $1,200 and, 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 you know, roped the car, the back end, so that it wouldn't fall. She got the battery and the alternator fixed, and so she's able to drive around in a car that looks like somebody just, you know, kicked it. And uh, she said she was embarrassed. I said, no, don't be embarrassed. It's a testimony. No matter what you look like, no matter what's happening in your life, you're going to church. Amen? So sure enough, she went to a, a prayer group meeting, and one of the ladies there saw her car, and she said, you know, I have a car at home. I was asking the Lord who I should give it to. <laughs> she gave her the car. How beautiful, isn't it? Then she comes to me two weeks later and says, oh, pastor, by the way, i got to move out of my house. Uh, I have to uh, find another place in two weeks because the landlord got married and they want to clear the house. So would you pray? <laughs> I put all my faith in the car. Now you want to go to the house? <laughs> so we prayed. Okay, Lord, help her. <laughs> Are you agreeing with me? Yeah, praise the Lord. Sure enough, a friend of hers invited her to stay until she found a place. And then two weeks later, she said, you know, someone, one of the ladies that's in the back house, they're leaving. Do you want to take it? Hallelujah. 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 God is good. Amen. Next scripture goes like this in Hebrews. It says, uh, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. How were the worlds framed? God spoke it, it happened. So if there's something that's not working in the world, what do we do? Speak our word, speak the word to it, right? If the world was framed by the word of God and things are not working in your world, you speak to it. It's kind of like if there's a hole in the carpet here, how do we fix it? We get another piece of carpet and put it down there. So in our world, everything's supposed to run, you know, perfectly and decently and in order. If it's not, that same word that God used to make the world, we put into our situation to make it right. Isn't that good, Isn't that good news? If you've got a hole in your personality, if you've got a hole in your finances, if you've got a hole in your health, put the word right in there and it's complete, done. And so this, it says here, so that the things which are seen were made of the things which are visible. The things which are seen, or were not made of the things which are visible. Hard to understand that, but in other words, what he's saying is, he took it from the invisible and brought it into the visible. So all we have to do is drag what we're believing God for from the invisible into our world. That's what God did when he said, let there be light. There was no light. He spoke it. It came from the invisible into the visible. You can do this at home. Amen. No matter what you're facing. You don't have a happy marriage. You speak to it and drag it from the invisible 
to the visible. You need finances, same thing. Health, healing, whatever you need. God said, this is the way I want you to operate. Because what does it say in the next scripture? But without faith, it's impossible to please him. Now, that's sad news for some people. You want to please God? Everybody wants to please God, don't we? He said, you, you got to use your faith. It's impossible. You can't get around it. You, he likes it when we believe him. He doesn't want us to stand there going like, oh, woe is me. Nothing's working in my life. Oh, where is your faith? How come it is that you have no faith? Oh, ye of little faith. That's what he told his disciples. He got mad at them. Why don't you believe me? Why don't you believe the promises that I've given you will come to pass? Because all the promises of God are yes and amen. Isn't it good to hear the word of God? No matter what you're facing, you're not at a loss. God said, but it's impossible. Because he spoke that to me before. Where is your faith? How come you don't have no faith? I, I'm, I'm trying. He goes, no, you're not. <laughs> People get so offended. Oh, it's because I don't have faith? Well, Jesus had no problem telling them, where is your faith? These are the apostles. How much more us? We have to exercise our faith. Praise God. So let's look at this here. The next scripture says, so where does faith come from? Do we get it? Did the ushers have it? No. Amazon? Go to get it Amazon? No. Go to the local grocery store? No. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing over and over again the word of God. It's a continual present tense. So you can't just hear it one time. Oh, I, 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 I've heard that. I know that. No, you have to keep hearing it over and over again. You know, God spoke to Abraham six times that he was going to make him a father of many nations, not just one time. Why? Abraham was like, how can this be? You know, Sarah, she's old. I'm old. We don't do nothing anymore. We watch TV. There's no romance in the, in the house. So how can this be that we would have a child? I'm old of age and she's you know, barren. But he gathered strength in himself to believe God. So he, God had to keep telling him. He says, look at the stars in the sky. Try to count them. That's how many children you're going to have. And the Bible says he believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. What promise do you need to hear from God to take care of your situation that you're facing? We all can have faith. It's not exclusive to anybody. Praise God. So we have to continue to hear it over and over again because it strengthens our faith. There's more than 7,000 promises in God, and all of them are yea and amen. So faith comes by hearing. And now, it's not even your faith. Did you know that? It takes the pressure off. People say, well, I've got faith. No, you don't have faith. Faith comes from God. Let's look at this next scripture. When Peter and John prayed for the man at the temple... And they were wondering why, you know, you, did, you were able to do this. He says, it's not us. It's his name. Through faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. The faith which comes through him. So when you study and you pray uh, the word of God, guess what? Faith comes. You don't have to look for it. It comes. So all you have to do is put your face in this book and start reading. 
Surely he bore my sicknesses, carried my pains. Thank you, Lord. That's for sure. I know that for sure. Right? Yet we did esteem him, stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement needed for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. What happens when you say that a hundred times? Faith arises. It comes from the word of God. It's the seed that gets planted into our heart that grows up and then fruit comes out of it. So it's not even about you. You can be kind of an honorary person, but if you can put this on the inside of you, it grows and faith comes. Yes. Praise God. So let's look at this here now. The next scripture. We're going to talk about Abraham for a minute. Abraham was the father of faith. Before we knew all these scriptures, God told Abraham, <laughs> get out of your country. Get. <laughs> the, the, the King James says, get thee out of your country. From your family and from your father's house to a land which I will show you. Can, does anybody like to move? No. <laughs> you know how far they had to move? Total 1,500 miles. Not by airplane, not by car, truck, mule. <laughs> A mule's pace. So when he spoke to this to him, because actually he had told him twice. First time he told him, get out of your father's house. His father went with him from Ur to Haran. And then after his father died, he said, okay, now I want you to keep moving. Get thee out. Get out. <laughs> Sometimes we have to get out of situations. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People that you're f uh, friends with are dragging you down. Maybe uh, a job that's dragging you down. Get ye out. And so we had a situation with our dear friend Rosie. Uh, she went to Switzerland just enjoying herself and uh, visiting her grandbabies and her daughter. And the Lord had told her that she needed to move out of her place. But you know how we are. We kind of wait and see. It doesn't seem like it's possible. She needed to take what? A step of faith. So when she came back, the landlord said, oh, by the way, I sold the place where you're living <laughs> and you got two months to move out. This was last week. So I saw her in the parking lot and I go, well, how are you doing? She goes, blessed. <laughs> blessed of the Lord. <laughs> But I got to move out in two months. So praise God, Richard and Sally are managers of an apartment complex right around the corner here. Holy coincidentally, there was a place open for her. So she put her application in, but she was fourth on the list. Oh, no, maybe God failed. Maybe God didn't come through. What are we going to do? Guess what? One, two, and three were disqualified. <laughs> Guess who came in? Number four, Rosie. <laughs> so Marianne and I, and I have a friend of mine that I play basketball with, he came. He had a truck. We didn't even have to rent a truck. And we grabbed her stuff, and Fernando was there. Very much there. And we picked up all of her stuff. Marianne went over there Friday night, and was able to help her get ye out. <laughs> and 
We, so we came in Saturday morning, and Rosie's going, well, I'm, I'm so nervous, you know, all this stuff. And Rosie, look out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get ye out. <laughs> Packed it all up, sent it down the street, and now she's there, and God is glorified because she took a step of faith, believing that God was going to bless her. Amen? So she says, so I'll take you to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. That's good news, isn't it? Wouldn't you want that to be, God speak that to you? I will make your name great, and I will bless you. Wherever you go, you're blessed going in, you're blessed going out. You're blessed in the city, blessed in the field. And your name shall be great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. That's why when people get mad at me, I go, you're in trouble. <laughs> you're really in trouble. You're cursing me? And the Bible says, you're going to get cursed yourself. You better be careful. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. How many would you like that blessing? Amen. Guess what? You all have it. Look at the next scripture. It says, Galatians 3, 3, 13 and 14 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Amen, we've been redeemed. We didn't even know it, huh? Having became a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. That, the, say it aloud, let's say it together. That, the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. That's us. We have that same blessing that Abraham had because Christ Jesus was perfect for us and we assume his righteousness. I was talking to Sylvia's uh, friends, Gloria and um, Lucy and Dolly, and I was sitting there with them enjoying our time and we were talking at, at uh, Mr. Hernandez's 80th birthday. Congratulations, sir. Yes. 80 years old and in church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. On his way to heaven, a highway to heaven. Amen. <laughs> Take your chair with you. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> so I was talking to them, and we were talking about, you know, health and nutrition and everything, and this is the way you witness. You let the people talk. And then I said to her, the very easiest question in the whole world, if you died today, would you guys go to heaven? They go, well, we think so. I go, well, what makes you think so? Well, we've been pretty good. We haven't killed anybody. Uh, you know, <laughs> haven't robbed a bank or anything. We've done, we've done pretty good. But I go, you know what? You can't get to heaven unless, unless you live a perfect life. And she said, there's no one perfect. I go, there's only one perfect one. That's Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And when you accept him in your heart, you become like him, and God sees you through uh, his eyes, sees, sees us through through him. And I said, would you want to go to, would you, you want to go to heaven? I go, yeah, you want to make that prayer right now? She said, yeah. I go, when you invite him in your heart, he'll come into you and he'll, he'll adopt you. I go, okay, let's pray. Right there. All three of them. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that you are, have forgiven us from our, all of our sins. You've taken the curse from us. We ask, we repent of all of our sins. We ask you to come into our heart, be Lord of our lives, guide and direct us all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name. I go, now, do you guys feel like you're going to go to heaven? They go, yeah. We felt it. We felt the experience. We know. The down payment, the Holy Spirit is a down payment that he's going to come and get your bodies later. 
But for right now, I'm going to show you, you're mine. You're bought with a price. You belong to me. Isn't that good news? Amen. So they're, they're going to come and visit us. Amen. Praise the Lord. So let's continue a few more scriptures, and then we're going to have some readings. Hebrews 4, 1 and 2. Therefore, since the promise remains of entering into his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Is there some promises that you come short of? Are you as you know, provided for as you want to? Are you healthy as you want to? Is your relationships as good as you want them to be? I say, probably not. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. You have to have faith in the promises to believe that God wants to do it for you. How do you get faith? Hearing, hearing the word of God. So if you're not getting what you want, don't let that promise go away because you don't mix it with faith. Praise God. So that's what you have to do. Let me see if I have a, a thought on that. Yes, okay, so Hebrews, the next scripture. Or Luke, okay, we're going to tell this story. You ready? Now Jesus, is this one I'm going to have people read? Yeah, I'm going to have them read. This is called uh, group participation. Misty was going to read it for us. Here you go, Misty. Luke 18, 1 through, 1 through 3. Um, now Jesus was telling the, the disciples a parable to make the point that at all times they ought to pray and not give up and lose heart, saying, In a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God and had no respect for man. There was a desperate widow in that city, and she kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice and legal protection from my adversary. So it says here that he said this parable was for those to not give up, not grow faint, lose heart, and, and say, oh, it's not working. You know, like when you turn a, a big ship, it's just a little turn, but you don't notice it, but it's turning. So if you're speaking the word of God, you're believing God, and you don't see the, the uh, reaction immediately, you don't give up. Don't lose heart. The Bible says, ask, keep on asking. Seek, keep on seeking. Knock, keep on knocking. Don't give up. This woman continually, perpetually went to the unjust judge, the judge that wasn't a, a good man. But so what did the judge say? Uh, who's our next person? Joanne, I think, right? Yeah, I think so. yeah. Luke 18, 4 and 5. For a time he would not, but later he said to himself, even though I do not fear God nor respect man, Yet, because this widow continues to bother me and bother me and bother <laughs> me continually, I will give her justice and legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will be an intolerable annoyance to me over and over and over again, and she will wear me out. Can anybody relate to that? Anybody have kids? They wear you out. Mama, I want to go to the park. Mama, I want to go to the park today. Mama, can you take me? I can't go now. Mama, 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 mama. <laughs> Till they wear you out. Finally, you said, okay, we're going to the park. I asked my wife if I could tell this story. When <laughs> 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 
She was married before for a short period of time to a man who had a lot of things. They had Rolls Royces, they had a yacht, they had big house, but he wasn't doing things above board. So anyway, he passed away shortly after they got married, and then along comes Popper Boy. <laughs> I, had, I had a good job, I had a big house, but I lost it all because of, I wasn't saved, I didn't, know, didn't have the wisdom of God. So when she met me, I was, I had, I was renting a little one-bedroom place. Actually, I was renting a room in a, in a two-bedroom place, had no money, and had taken a lesser-paying job so that I could serve the Lord. And so it took a, a period of time for me to start believing God, to know that God wanted to prosper me. I thought, oh, God, I don't, want you, I don't want to bother you. You've got so many things to do. You know, you're taking care of China and all the poor people. And I, I just go ahead. And my wife said, listen, I was with a man that served the devil, and I had more. Now I'm serving a man that serves God, and, and it's worse. This just doesn't match, right? So we started believing God a little bit at a time, $100 a month, just whatever it took. And then now, then we're up to $500, then $1,000. And then, you know, I, I saw God do mighty miracles because you learn how to believe him. Start wherever you're at, $100, $200, you know, meet a bill, whatever it is. Start trusting the Lord, like riding a bike. It's hard at first. You fall down, you run into the curb, you bang into a car, but you keep going and believing because now you can get on a bike and it's no problem. Well, for most of us. <laughs> so anyway, so we go to this church and everybody's prospering at the church and you know it's kind of like a status symbol to have a nice car and to drive around. All of, They have jack wires and things like that. So Mari says, don't you think it's time now for us to get a nice car? I go, yeah, we got two Toyota Sentras out there. <laughs> no, she goes, I mean a nice car, you know? We have a nice house now, and we have these little <laughs> dune buggies <laughs> in the driveway. And so she kept tormenting me. <laughs> no, what's the word? What's the word it says here? Continually bothering me. And, and an intolerable <laughs> annoyance <laughs> until she wore me out. <laughs> so she said the things that women say that I didn't know what the meaning was. She said, well, let's just go look. <laughs> There's no harm in looking, I thought. But when you get in the clutches of a salesman that wants to... <laughs> Get a deal, you know. So we took we took a ride on this beautiful burgundy Mercedes with a nice tan interior, and it rode so well, it smelled so good, it was just wonderful. And you know, our hearts were going pitter patter. And and then I looked at the price tag and went, "Whoa!" My heart dropped. <laughs> so the salesman goes, "Well, let's go in and look what the see what the numbers look like." So he started walking. And my wife is on one side of the car. I'm on the other side of the car, the hood. And we just look at each other and we go, I had a sinking, what they call a check in your spirit. Like, you, you better not buy this thing. Because God said, I'm not paying for it. <laughs> I looked at my wife and she looked at me. And she says, we can't buy this car. I just got a check in my spirit. I go, praise God. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, but God is not that way. If you're persistent with him, 
He will reward you. Let's see what uh, Maggie has the last scripture that we're going to read. Then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not our just God defend and avenge his elect, his chosen ones, who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay in providing justice on their behalf? I tell you that he will defend and avenge them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, he will find this kind of persistent faith on earth. Will he find this kind of persistent faith on He's saying, I want you to be persistent. Don't give up. If the situation doesn't look like it's working, don't look at what you see. Look at, look at it through the eyes of your faith. And believe that things will turn around. I get an amen over here because she's been doing that. She's had like about five things that you've been asking the Lord for, and you're knocking them off one at a time. Boom, boom, boom. The Lord is working for you, for your good. And how does he do it? Last scripture. It says, if it'll move. Sometimes it gets stuck. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, And since we have that same spirit of faith, what faith? Faith of Abraham. According to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. That's what we're going to talk about next week. How to speak things into existence. Amen? Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He is good. He wants to do good for you. So whatever you're facing, don't give up. Put the word of God on the inside of you concerning the promise and watch him go to work for you. Amen? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for your provision, your love, and your life for us. We thank you that, Lord, as we petition you and call upon you, that we will see your promises come to pass because you are a good God. You're not like the unjust judge. You're a judge that sees his people and rewards them accordingly. So for this, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And all agreed said, amen. amen.